Welcome to Central. My name's Tim. I get the honor of serving as one of the pastors here. And we're so glad that you've tuned in. Hey, here at Central, we exist to help people find and follow Jesus. Uh, we want you to know also right up front that we, we are imperfect people in progress. The good news is we're in progress. We'd love for you to go through this progress with us as well. And our hope is that you come to find this place to be your home. Well, hey, this is week three of our series that we're calling Thrive. And in Proverbs 29, 18, it says, if, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And that's, that, that's my, my hope for you, that you, this wouldn't be true. You'd be able to see what, what God's doing. Because how many of you know, like there, maybe you've been there, maybe you feel like you're there, like you're just on this treadmill. You can't see what, what God's doing. And therefore you're like stumbling all over the, yourself. And but, but here's the deal, like God's word reveals his plans for our lives. And when we attend to what he reveals, we can experience this blessed life. We, we can live a life that truly thrives. It was a psalmist who said this in Psalm 1611. He said, you will show me. You show me the path, the way of life. Like, like you, you revealed this to me. You granted me joy in your presence and pleasures of living with you forever. Listen, if you want some joy in your life, it comes in the presence of Jesus. And, and, and aren't you grateful? Isn't it nice to know that God will show you the path of life? He will show you this, this process for you to go through so that you too can come alive, so that you, you can thrive in life. And at Central, here's, here's the process that, that we just believe God has revealed from cover to cover throughout the Bible. He's taken generation after generation of his followers through this process, through this path that leads to life. And, and here it is. It's, it's God's desire for you. It's, it's my hope for you that you would know God, that you would, you would grow in freedom, that you would show your purpose and you would go change the world. And here's the beautiful thing about this process. While we are in, in process of walking ourselves through this, we get the honor, we get the invitation, we get the joy of helping other people know God, grow in freedom, show their purpose, go change the world. We do this in context of, of not, not isolation, but in the context of relationship, in the context of, of community with other, other people. And so uh, as you know God more, you're helping other people know God more. As you're growing in freedom, you're, as you're addressing uh, some things that have been holding you back, some hurts, some habits, some hangups, you're helping and other people find freedom too. And, and as you're discovering your purpose and, and what on earth you're here for, you're helping other people do that as well. And as you're going out and making a difference in this world, man, we get to do that with people. And so isn't it nice to know that God wants you to know him? And we talked about that last week. He, he sends this invitation uh, for you to know him, not just know stuff about him, but to know him very personally, very relationally. And today we're going to talk about the next two. How can we grow in freedom? How can we, how can we show our purpose? And honestly, this, this idea of growing in freedom or, or the reality of that God wants you to show your purpose could be like a whole, whole year's worth of teaching just on either one of those topics. And so by no means is this gonna be exhaustive, but my hope over these next few minutes is that you'll have some practical handles for you to apply today, this week, to your life so that you can take steps to growing in freedom and steps to showing your purpose. Well, the first one is, is to grow in freedom. And in Galatians 5.1, it says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by this yoke of slavery. And so he's saying, hey, check it out. You've, you've been set free. You, freedom's been delivered. So don't live as a slave. Like you've been set free, therefore, therefore live 
like free people. We talked about this in week one and, and how even it, we see this in the beginning of the Bible in Exodus, like God's desire was to get his people out of Egypt, but then he takes them through this process of getting Egypt out of them. It wasn't enough for them to be delivered from physical slavery because they still had this slavery mindset, this slavery lifestyle. And, and, and we do too, if we're honest, like just because we know Jesus doesn't mean that our life is free from, from all, everything that trips us up. Like we still have hurts and habits and some hangups we gotta work through and it's God's desire for you, for me, to continue to grow, grow in freedom. So how do we do that? Well, John 8, 31 through 32, Jesus is speaking here and Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciple. Like if, you want, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a disciple of Jesus, if you're a Christian, here's what a Christian does. They, they hold to the teachings of Jesus. And that word hold is a very interesting word. It could literally uh, be translated to, to, to remain in the same place over a period of time, like to remain, to stay, to, to make our residence in, in Jesus' teaching. And if we do that, then, then we'll know the truth. We'll, we'll realize this is, this is not just a religious book, but, but it's God's word to us. We'll know the truth and the truth will It'll bring freedom. You'll grow in freedom. It'll set you free. And that word free is a beautiful word. It means liberated, to be set free from what's once held you captive. And so where is it in your life where you could experience some freedom? Perhaps it's something that's been tripping you up for years. Perhaps it's something that, that you thought, man, I'm never going to be able to shake this. It's in that area of your life that it's God's desire to, for you to grow in freedom. Because if you hold to his truth... Truth will set you free. So, so, so we're going to look at this. How can we grow in freedom in our private life? But then how can we grow in freedom together in this, as a church? How, how, do we, how do we do this? So the first one is how can I, I grow in freedom privately? And I would just say there's a whole lot, again, we could talk about right here. But I would simply say it's this. It's renewing, renewing your mind. The, the, battle, the battle is won or lost right here. Often we focus on exterior circumstances things around us, and we, we like to point blame, but, but, but honestly, if we're honest with ourselves, the root of the issue is, it's in, our, it's, it's in my mind. In Romans 12, 2 says this, says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Now, now how many of you have ever fallen guilty to this? Like, we've, we have conformed to the pattern of the world from time to time. I know I have. I've chased after money, and it left me wanting more. I've chased after pleasures in life and it left me wanting more. I've chased after a whole lot of things in life and it just left me empty. And sometimes it left me addicted. Sometimes it just brought more destruction into my life. And as I followed the pattern of the world, it left me wanting more, but Jesus, he satisfies. And so the Bible says, don't conform any longer to that way of life, but instead be transformed. Well, how can we be transformed? By renewing our Minds, the battle is won or lost between your ears. It's a, it's a, it's a fight in your, in your mind. Here's what it says in Romans 8, 1 through 8. It says, it says, so now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Like, can we get some claps in the, in the chat right now? Maybe an amen. Like, that's good news. There's no condemnation. And so if you ever experience condemnation in your life, you're feeling condemned that's not of God, because if you're a follower of Jesus, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because, 
because you belong to him. The power of the life-giving spirit, check it out, it's freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. It says the law of Moses was unable to, to, to save us because the weakness of our sinful nature. Now, we, we talked about this a little bit last week. Like we, we, we openly confess like <laughs> we have broken God's law. Like we have not perfectly kept that. And therefore, because we violated the law, it cannot rescue us. But here's the good news. So, so God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like, like the bodies we sinners have. And in, in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirements of the law could be fully satisfied who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead we follow the Spirit. In other words, what takes place at the cross is Jesus, he, he sets you free. Like he pays the penalty for your fine. And so, so that now there's no condemnation over your life. But he didn't just, just forgive you of your sins, he gives you the power to walk in freedom now. And so, so how do we walk in freedom? Well, well, Paul's essentially saying, you've been set free, so once again, go live free. But Paul, how do we do that? Well, he explains that in verse five. It says, those who are dominated by this sinful nature, here's what they do, check this out. They think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, again, it's in your mind, they think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your, your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind, it leads to life and peace. Listen, if you want life, and peace in your life, let God control your mind. Let, 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 let your thoughts be godly thoughts. Let the things that you, you, you think about, the things that you, you meditate on, the things that you allow your, your mind to rest in and marinate in, let them be things of God. Because there, there is a pattern of this world and it, it does lead to, to the opposite of the life you want. But allowing God's spirit to, to, to fill your mind leads to life and to peace. And it goes on to say this, as for the sinful nature, it's always hostile to God. It doesn't do what, what God desires. It can't live the life you were created to live. It, it, it never obeyed God's law and it never will. That's why those who are under control of their sinful nature can never please God. Listen, the battle is in, it's in our minds. And so if we're gonna take steps to grow in freedom, we gotta we gotta renew our minds. Craig Rochelle, he says this, he says, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Like as you, as you reflect back on this week, your actions followed your strongest thoughts because your life, it's always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So if you don't like the direction your life is going, then it's, it's our opportunity to change the way we, change the way we think. And so, so here's something very practical for you this week. If you wanna grow in freedom, you wanna to grow to become the man or woman that God created you to be, here's the first, here's what I would say above everything else to grow in freedom is to memorize and meditate on God's word. Like fill your thoughts with God's thoughts. If we're gonna renew our mind, it's our opportunity. The best way to do that is to memorize and meditate on God's 
word. I, I loved a couple weeks ago, we did a student takeover weekend and one of our high school students, uh, Benjamin Joseph, he, he, he challenged us to, to just think of, of one verse a week that you could memorize. And here's why this is important, because you're not always going to have a, a, a tablet in front of you. You're not always going to have like a, a leather bound Bible in front of you. And so, so memorizing God's words allows you to meditate on it, on it later. And so just, just start there. One verse a week, Memorize God's word, think about it throughout the day, allow your mind to be controlled by the spirit so you can experience the life, the peace that God has for you. You know, we talked about last week about ways we can know God and one of them was just to read his word, take five minutes, read, his, read the Bible. And as you're reading it, uh, something's gonna stand out to you. And maybe it's a verse, maybe it's a couple verses. I just invite you, memorize that, let that soak in, let marinate on that so you can you can allow God's word to, to fill your minds. And then, and then this is an interesting word, meditate. Um, in Eastern religion, meditation is emptying your mind of, of thought. In Christian meditation, the followers of Jesus, the, the goal is not to empty our minds, but rather it's to, to fill our minds with God's thoughts. And so by memorizing God's word, we're able to, to meditate on God's word. Not, I just remember whenever I first started following Jesus, like I, my life, uh, freedom would not be a descriptive word of my life. I was bound by all kinds of stuff. And, and I'm just telling you, the linchpin that led to me being able to grow in freedom was memorizing and meditating on God's word. And I, I'm honored to be your pastor, but I, you just need to know, I still have some hurts. I still have some issues. I still have some hangups. I still have some things I'm, I'm working through. And so the same is true for me. Meditating and memorizing God's word still helps me to grow in freedom today and it will help you. It'll help you too. I love this passage and this, this imagery in Ephesians chapter five. It says this, it says his husbands, uh, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now I just want to pause for a moment because it is talking about husbands here. And we could go a, a lot of different directions with this text, but, but, but Paul's revealing to us the way God cares for his church, the way God loves you, loves me, and, and how he treats us. And he says, says so, so love your wives as Christ loves the church. Well, how does he do, do that? He, well, he gave himself up for her to make her holy, like to set her apart, cleansing her by washing with water through the word. And I just love that imagery there. And I'll just be honest, some days, whenever I'm in the word of God, I'm in my own personal time, not studying for this, but just, just spending time with Jesus. I just feel like, man, my mind is just being renewed. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a little cleaner than when I walked into that, that time with Jesus. He cleanses her by washing with water. Here it is through the word, and the same is true for you. And to present her to himself as a, a radiant church. How do we become a radiant church? Well, we we spend time in the word, become a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That is who we are called to be. And God has given us his word to renew, to cleanse, to filter through our, our minds. I'm telling you, the same is true for you and me today. His word renews, renews our minds. So if we wanna grow in freedom, this is the pathway memorize and meditate on God's word. We could talk a whole lot more about this. Um, there is a book that I read in um, 
in January, actually, just this year, called Winning the War in Your Mind. And, and, and Pastor Craig Rochelle, he gives a whole lot of examples and tools and strategies for us as followers of Jesus to renew our minds. So if you want to peel back some more layers on this, highly recommend, highly recommend this book. So, so we, can grow, we can grow in freedom privately, and that's through memorizing, meditating on God's word. But we can also grow in freedom publicly, like together as a church and and here's how we do that. It's our primary way to, to so how do we grow in freedom publicly is, is through community, through relationships with others. Uh, bondage happens in the dark. Freedom happens in the light. Like, like who is it that knows everything that's going on about you? Who, who, knows, who knows all the, the hurts, the habits, the hangups in your life? Who are you talking to? Who are you processing that with? Because until those, those things come into the light, then we'll always be held captive to them. But when we find trusted, authentic community, freedom takes place. Here's what James says in James 5, 16. He says, says therefore confess your sins to, to each other and pray for each other so that you can find freedom, so that you can be, be healed. Here's the realization for us as a church. Here's the realization that I hope I hope you, you take away from this today is that here's the realization. Life change happens through a process with the right relationships. Unfortunately for me, sustained life change doesn't happen through teaching, through preaching. Like, like it's important, but sustained life change takes place in community, takes place in relationships. And, and I, matter of fact, I'll prove it to you. Uh, so I want you to Ask yourself this, uh, if you've been around for a little while, if this is your first time, then this wouldn't apply. But if you've been with us for a little while, what were the last 10 messages I preached? You can't, I mean, you just can't name them. You can't do it. I, I can't do it. And I spent about 25 hours of my week to prepare for each one of those. And I can't do it. Matter of fact, I would go beyond that. What, what, what are 10 sermons, 10 messages that you've heard throughout the course of your life that have changed the trajectory of your life? I bet you can't do it. But if I were to ask you to name 10 people who've impacted your life over the course of your life for good or for bad, names come to your mind immediately. And why is that? It's because we're, we're shaped by relationships not just by content. And so having people that can walk with us through this journey of life, walk us through knowing God, growing in freedom, showing our purpose and, and going and change the world is, is, is essential to thriving in our, in our relationship with Jesus. Matter of fact, that is the biblical model. It is about large gatherings, but then it is also about small gatherings. We see this in Acts 20, 20. And he says this, he says, this is a guy named, named Paul speaking. He says, he says, you know that I did not hesitate to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I have taught you publicly large gatherings and also from house to house, small group gatherings. Large group gatherings are, are awesome, but small group gatherings are awesome as well. And they both are essential to thriving. I just want to I want you to look at me in my eyes because I know some of you on the other side of this camera, you've been hurt. You've been hurt by people, hurt, hurt bad. And I, I'm not trying to make any excuses for that. But our deepest wounds often come from other people. 
But nevertheless, more than anything else, God uses people to bring about healing in our deepest hurts, our habits, and our hangups. So if we're gonna be people that grow in freedom, we need to be people who engage in authentic community. And so I hope you lean in there. I hope you join a group. I hope you get plugged in. I hope you, you grow in freedom personally and memorize and meditate on God's word. But I hope you grow in freedom publicly with do life with people because that's where freedom's found. And the second point tonight that we're gonna be talking about today rather is, is show your purpose. This is, this is one of the key steps. So we're gonna know God. We're gonna have a relationship. We're gonna grow in freedom. And then we're gonna show our purpose, but we can't, we can't really get to this step until we do the first two. Know God, grow in freedom, and then show our purpose. And, and really the primary way that we do this around Central is through Thrive Groups. And we're kind of in this beta stage with our, our very first Thrive Group. We met this Wednesday. And, but our hope through Thrive is to, to show you that, that God's given you unique spiritual gifts. He's wired you on purpose with purpose. In fact, I like to say it this way, God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. Like the way you've been designed reveals the, the purpose of your life. God's destiny for you is, is found in the design that he's given you. My design reveals my, my destiny because he's given you unique gifts. He's given you unique talents. He's given you natural abilities. There's some things that bring life to you. That's part of your design. There's some things that, that might sink your ship. That's not your design. But all of those things point to the ultimate destiny, the purpose that he has for you. Ephesians 2.10 says this. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. <laughs> Check that out, church. We are God's masterpiece. The church has been called a whole lot of things, but God calls you his masterpiece. You might have been called a whole lot of things throughout your life, but God calls you his masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. And aren't you grateful he's created us anew? Aren't you grateful you can know God? Aren't you grateful that he doesn't just label you based on your past? Aren't you grateful that he doesn't treat us like our sins deserve? Aren't you grateful that he's still has plans and purposes for your life. Aren't you grateful that he doesn't judge you based on what you've done, but he sees the potential in you because you are his masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why has he done all this for us? So that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Isn't it nice to know, church, that God didn't just create you anew in Christ, but he brings a new day into your life so that you can live with purpose in your life every day of your life. It's good news. It's good news. He created you on purpose, with purpose. You might have been a surprise to your mom and dad, but you were no surprise to God. Before you were born, he knew you. He has plans. He has purposes for you. You, you didn't just arrive on earth and God's like, I got to figure out what I'm going to do with her. I got to figure out what I'm going to do with her. No, 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 no. Before you were born, he created you with purpose. And it's our joy. It's our honor to discover, God, what on earth am I here for? What's my assignment? I want to show my purpose. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 says this. Now, this is a, this is a long stretch of scripture here, so, so hang with me. Uh, I, I follow along here. This is, this is good stuff. It says, it says now, uh, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility, their purpose is to equip God's people to do the work 
and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Check it out. My job is to equip you so that you can do the work of the ministry. One thing I tell the team here all the time, the staff here at Central, is that our job is to administer the ministry, to equip God's people to do the work of God. Verse 13, uh, this will continue. This isn't just a short-term plan. This will continue until all come to such unity in the faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Like this is a big deal. Verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We're going to grow up. We're not just going to stay infants. No, we're going we're to be mature. Well, how do we get there? We, we won't be tossed around anymore by, by every kind of wind and new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. That's the goal. That's the objective. Who is the head of his body, the church? He made the whole body fit together perfectly. How, so, so just pause, time out there. How does he do this? Like, like, how can we become mature? How can we not stay as infants? How can we be, be, be people who discern truth? We're not going to buy into the lies of, of society. We're not going to buy into the lies of the world around us. We're not going to buy into the lies. Even when they sound so appealing, they, they appear to be truth. How are we going to become those people? Here it is. He says as as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts. So in other words, some parts of the body, the people around you, cannot experience all God created them to be unless you do your part, unless I do my part. So that the whole body is healthy and growing, full of love. If that's not thriving, I don't know what is. But how do we get there? Well, each part, has its own special work, like you have a special work. God created you on purpose, with purpose, and his invitation is now show your purpose. Show your purpose to the world around you because when you do, others benefit. Healthy, growing, full of love cannot happen unless you participate in that work. One study found, uh, this is a seminary that did this study, they found that 87%, 87% of people in the church don't know what on earth they're here for. Like, like the body, the Bible calls us the body of Christ. So like some of you are fingers, some of you are hands, some of you are, are toes and feet, some of you are eyeballs and ears. And, but we all have, have different, different functions, different parts of the body, and we help each other. I don't know how many of you have, Maybe you smashed a finger before, but whenever one part suffers, the whole rest of the body suffers with it. Or whenever one part, I remember when I ruptured my Achilles and my, my leg began to atrophy. Well, then my back started to hurt and then this leg started to hurt. And then it was like, so one part suffering, the whole, whole rest of the parts suffer with it. But if that statistic's true, then 87% of the body, the church, the body of Christ is, doesn't know its function. And what if that was a real physical body? I mean, what if, what if the heart didn't know its purpose? What if your lungs didn't know their function, their purpose? What if they weren't doing that? I mean, we'd be vegetables at best. But I'm thankful that's not going to be true of you. I'm thankful that's not going to be true of the central family because here's what's going to be true of us. We're going to be people that know God. Realize he's got great ideas, great plans, great purposes for our lives. We're going to grow in freedom 
We're going to show our purpose so that, that this, will be, this will be us, the whole body, healthy, growing together, full of love as each part we do our work. We've captured a story of a, a couple here at Central that have kind of gone on this journey and experienced this for themselves. I want to share it with you at this time, so check this out. We're the McEwens, Mike and Annette. Uh, we've been going to Central 25. 25 years. You lose count. So 25 years. Uh, we've moved down here and they're looking for a different church and we looked at several different places uh, trying to fit in, right? And, and really, where's God calling us? And and I really believe, you know, that uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's leading us to a place of service, you know, a congregation to belong to. We all have different gifts, different abilities, right? And, and He's pulling us together to form the body of Christ. Serving to me is a, a growth opportunity and serving. And, um, and Christ came as a servant, right? He washed the feet of his disciples. And so to be Christ-like is to be a servant. You know, as we were there a little bit longer, we started learning about spiritual gifts. And one thing that I, that I tell people is in my history, there were areas that I served that were not my gift, I don't think anybody was blessed. <laughs> I know I wasn't, you know. Um, and once I started understanding my spiritual gift, mm -hmm. I'd already started morphing into the hospitality area. And then when you go through this, the class or you take the inventory, you're like, oh look, it's hospitality shock, you know. Um, but that's where there's joy. Serving in areas that aren't necessarily your gift, sometimes for me would bring on stress or be a burden. Um, so that's where I experienced joy. I experienced God through serving. So I, you know, I, I pray to him for different things. I, I, I don't get a lot of feedback. But if I'm praying about serving in ministry or something we, we want to do, or it's like the bullhorn goes off. Man, I'm getting ideas that are not mine, right? I'm, people come to mind that, what? All right, I feel prompted. Let me call this person and say, Hey, we're thinking about this ministry and doing some stuff. I was thinking that too, right? I'd love to help out. Well, oh, okay. Right? So, um, so, you, you, so I hear from God, I experience God, um, and I get to see God at work. So whatever we're doing, and, and we feel prompted to do something or to call someone and to see that come through, not for me, but clearly God at work. Um, how cool is that, yeah. right? So, um, so through serving, I get to hear from him, I get to experience him, and I get to see him at work. I love Central because we get to try things. I have an idea, I like mm -hmm. to think of that. I feel prompted about this and go to leadership. Oh, okay, how can we support you? And, and we can try things. And we've developed ministries that years ago that are still going strong. You know, we developed some things that God wanted to go another way. Okay, whatever God wants. Um, but it, it's, I like that we get that consistent support through Central to, uh, to start things and serve different ways. Right.
Well, that's awesome. It's cool to hear from people just like you, people just like me who have, have kind of gone on this journey. And a couple of things kind of stood out from their story to me is, is one, they just, they just jumped in and started serving God by serving the local church. And, and we, we know some of you aren't like in the local capacity, but, but we'd love to have you join the online team. And we, we got different areas for you to invest your time, your talents to, to serve a greater purpose beyond ourselves to help people find and follow Jesus. And so the McEwens, they just decided we're, we're called somewhere to serve. And so, so we're just gonna start serving. And that's what they did. And, and Annette, I loved what she said that I found some places that it wasn't with my wiring. It wasn't in alignment with my design. And so I knew right away that was not my destiny because I wasn't blessed and no one else was blessed either. But, but then they found their niche over time. They talked about discovering their unique spiritual gifts. And I want you to know that if you're a follower of Jesus, God has given you natural gifts, talents, and abilities, passions, desires, but he's also given you supernatural gifts. And the Bible talks a whole lot about those. And this isn't that message, but, but we'd love for you to go through Thrive so you can hear more about that. And not only hear about your spiritual gifts, but discover your spiritual gifts and where in this world those gifts find some expression. Well, I wanna just close with this passage in 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. And it says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Listen, he, he, you're his masterpiece. He, he, he's so proud of you. He's gifted you. He, he's equipped you to show your purpose here in this world. So the question is, what, what is your spiritual gift? It's our joy to discover that. So he's given us Gifts out of a great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well. Here's the purpose, to serve one another, to serve other people. Your gift is never just for you. It's to serve, serve others. Do you have the gift of teaching? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever, amen. I love the way the NIV puts this, this verse and it says, each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. And here's, here's what I love about this, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Check it out, as people serve, they're not just showing their purpose. They're not just, just realizing, man, God, you've gifted me and, and my design points to my destiny. I wanna step into my destiny. It's, it's all about me. No, 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 no. As you serve, you're administering God's grace to others. There's a team here in the room that, that are serving so that they can bring you this online experience. Here's what they're doing. They might be running sound. They might be running lights. They might be running cameras, but here's what they're doing. They're administering God's grace to you. Where are you using your gifts, your talents, your abilities to administer God's grace to this world around us? Because this world desperately needs God's grace. Let's pray. Well, God, we just thank you so much for your faithfulness, God. I thank you that it's, it's your desire for us to know you. It's your desire for us to grow in freedom. And God, you've equipped us with tools to do that. We thank you for your word. God, I pray you'd help me and everyone hearing my voice right now to memorize your word and to meditate on it so that we can win the war in our minds and walk in freedom. God, I, I pray that you would reveal your, your purpose 
to everyone here in me right now so that we can be people who show our purpose. And God, you created us as your masterpiece. You gifted us with talents and abilities. And not only that, you've given us spiritual gifts so we can live out our purpose. So God, would you help us to be your body, fully alive, fully activated, healthy, vibrant, and growing in love as we serve one another with the gifts and talents you've blessed us with. God, would you build your church that way as we step in and take action. In Jesus' name, amen.